0: Welcome to the Sincerely Speaking Autism Podcast. I am your host, Keishiana Jones. If this is your first time listening, welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you're a returning listener, hey, and thank you for your continued support. In this episode, we're gonna talk about friends and navigating the autism spectrum. In the first episode, I spoke a little bit about finding your special needs tribe and how over time you will identify who those members are. But what about the friends you had before the diagnosis? Growing up in the 80s, I fell in love with the song by Houdini, Friends. My most favorite part of the song was the bridge. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends, ones we can depend on. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends, before we go any further, let's be friends. Now, listen, nobody said I could sing, but this is my podcast. You joined in so you get the good with the bad. (laughs) It's true, though, but back to the episode. Now, we all have our definition of friends. Those that we laugh with, those that we share our darkest secrets with, those that we cry with, those that we endure or celebrate life-changing moments with. But oddly enough, when the diagnosis diagnosis of autism comes, those friendships change drastically. Some slightly, but mostly drastically. And the change comes not because your friends don't love you, but the change comes because you feel like no one understands you. They may hear what you're saying, but most of what you're saying to them is like a person speaking Spanish to someone whose native language is German. You end up sounding like the teacher from Charlie Brown, and all the person is actually hearing you say is want, 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 want. Now, some of your friends may be honest with you, and they may tell you, listen, listen. I don't understand what the issue is. And for you trying to verbalize it to them can be all too frustrating because you can't make them understand what is going on because you yourself are still learning and gaining understanding. So then you become overwhelmed. You have some friends that may try to normalize what your child is going through. They normalize it by comparing their child to what their child is going through. They'll say to you, listen, my baby goes through the same thing which again is also frustrating because you're looking at them like hello your baby does not have autism so guess what it's not the same then you will have those friends who will say nothing to you but they will stare now for me myself i found that i endured that all too often but it was a little bit of my own fault and the reason why i say that is when i look back at everything my reactions were very negative i was harsh i was stern um sometimes i was aggressive and abrasive because i was so overwhelmed so it left my friends where all they can do was sit and stare and watch me navigate the tantrums that he was having because they felt helpless just as much as i did they didn't know how to assist me so therefore they just stood there and just sheer sheer quietness because they did not know how to help Feelings of helplessness that they were feeling, I was feeling also because this tribe of people were the people who I always leaned on when I was afraid, unsure. You know, they were the people who I navigated adventures with. But now these same people could not help me navigate the journey of autism. Then you have the other friends who I call my tried and true favorite crazies. They're the ones who really don't believe that your child has autism, they say stuff like, girl, maybe he or she doesn't have it. Maybe the doctors are wrong. Maybe if you ignore the behaviors and stop giving him or her attention, they'll stop. Better yet, maybe as time progresses, they'll grow out of it. (laughs) Guess what? They're wrong. I'm going to say it again. They're wrong. They're wrong. They're wrong. But all these different friendships still come back to the, the feelings for you of isolation, feelings for you of loneliness feelings for you of helplessness now please understand in no way am i saying that i'm bashing friendships or am i saying that you need to get rid of your childhood circle or people that you met from college all i'm saying is that the feelings that you're feeling right now that lonely feeling that isolated feeling that feeling of helplessness is normal it's overwhelming but it's normal and I need you to understand, this is why I explained to you before in the previous episode, do your best not to isolate yourself. See, When when my son was diagnosed back in 2004, autism was very uncommon. So uncommon that I constantly felt like me and my kids were on an island all by ourselves. I was constantly embarrassed by his behaviors and his tantrums, And then I became frustrated with friends and family for not understanding that, yes, I know we just got to the birthday party. Yes, I know that we just got here to Thanksgiving dinner 20 minutes ago. But guess what? He's in the midst of a major meltdown and he is not going to stop. I'm not going to be able to wait for it to pass because for some reason he's not feeling safe. He's not feeling comfortable. Or better yet, this environment, the people, the noises, the sounds are overstimulating for him. And if I don't leave, no one, and I do mean no one, will enjoy this event, not you or us. Until we leave. With me having to leave venues and birthday parties and just family gatherings, I found myself, again, being frustrated. I found myself being mad at myself for being embarrassed. Because how can I be embarrassed over my child? But I was. Because I just didn't understand why I wasn't allowed to have adult interaction. Why I wasn't allowed to get a breather. Why I wasn't allowed to allow him to be a child. Or better yet, my baby girl to allow her to be a child and get the socialization from her cousins and her other peers. Instead, I found myself repeatedly in the backseat of my car trying to calm him down, apologizing to my daughter for having to leave yet another event early again. And then once I got him calm, I found myself driving off crying, asking God, why me? Why us? Is this ever going to stop? Is this going to be my life forever? And if so, what did we do to deserve this? But the answer was very simple. I may not have seen it then, but I know now. The answer was that we did not deserve this because we were not being punished. We were just in the season of finding our way. And that is where you are right now. That is why you need to find your special needs tribe. That's where they come in. They don't replace your circle of friends. They don't replace your family. But they basically become your fillers, your bonus friends. They are the ones that God sends that you can vent to. They are the ones that you don't require any filters or any explanations. You don't have to interpretation, uh, sorry, to interpret anything to them. It's not needed because they are navigating the same journey and they know all too well how it feels. So therefore, there's no expectation. They're just freedom to be you, to navigate your situation with your family. Let me give you an example. My special needs tribe understands that when my baby says he wants 14 hot dogs, that he doesn't really want 14 hot dogs. But what he wants is two hot dogs cut up into 14 pieces. And yes, he does mean 14 pieces, because if the number is under or over, we're going to start a wage of war in our house. My special needs family understands that when he's in the meltdown, they need to give me some space. They need to grab my daughter and give her something to do. They don't need to stare with me in sad eyes because they know how it feels. I don't have to apologize to them if they decide to assist me in bringing him to the car and when they get kicked in the process of doing so, when their hair gets pulled, when they get spit at, when they get cursed at. I don't have to apologize because they already understand. They understand that he didn't mean it. I can't control it and neither can he. They also understand the thoughts that seem crazy in my head to my non-special needs um, friends, but are all too familiar to them. I remember a time, a group of of, of us parents went to a college to do a panel for the um, incoming educators. And one of the students asked us, what is one of your biggest fears? And I remember responding, "I, I am afraid to die. Better yet, I cannot die. Do you know that the other parents on the panels agreed? Because it seemed crazy to the students listening to what we were saying, but we all unanimously felt that we could not die, that we had to outlive our special needs children. And you know why? It was mainly because we felt like who would understand how to take care of them? Who would not cut corners? Who would not minimize his needs or her needs? Who would not dismiss their needs or decide to institutionalize them when it became all too hard? This is what I mean by your special needs tribe, the importance of it, how it helps you, how it stabilizes you, how it grounds you, how it's necessary. So again, as I spoke back into back in the um, my, my Story episode, please, please do not isolate yourself, but open yourself up to receiving this tribe that's coming for you. Don't be afraid to talk to those who work closely with your child I can tell you for sure, I have built such strong bonds with my teachers, my son's teachers, his paraprofessionals, his after-school staff, because those were the people who had a heart for autism. Those were the people who had a heart for my son, and it came naturally. Now, I'm not minimizing my friends and family because they love my baby too, but they didn't understand. You know, They didn't have to understand because they were not living it day in and day out. They were living it intermittently. But his teachers, his staff, his support staff, they were in the trenches with me. They were the ones who pushed me to trust myself. They were the ones who strategized with me to become creative and how to deal with them. They were the ones who taught me to mute the noise of those who didn't understand. And they were the ones around the table at the PPT who fought just as hard for me, with, I'm sorry, with me for him and to get him what he needed. My son is now 20 years old and I am still close to his first two peer professionals. And I am friends with several of his past teachers. The one thing that the current society has that I didn't have back in 2004 was the age of social media. Not only do you find your special new tribe, but you get on social media, you look for private groups um, for um, autism parents and you open yourself up because in those private groups, you can see what other parents are going through. So you don't feel as crazy. You don't feel as lost. You don't feel as alone. Remember, the journey can be overwhelming and can be very lonely. Yes, tears, they will come, but it's OK to cry. And when you're done crying, wash your face, breathe and breathe again. Then roll up your sleeves because you have work to do. Remember, you got this. So please be well.